We have a little bit of everything on today's morning roundtable, so let's get started. Good morning, everybody. I'm Rob. This is Everyday Heroes, the series from Multi Universe that covers all things informational. Now, today we have a little bit of everything. So, for you nerdy people out there, we got something for you too. For those who like, um, you know, motivational stuff, we have that. And if you are musically inclined, we have a little bit of that for you as well. So, starting off today, we're going to go into a topic that we talk about a lot on here on Mining Your Mental Health and some of our other shows too. What does success mean? Specifically, what does it mean to you? So I went ahead and popped up the article in our chat. Uh, looks like it should be going to both, but if not, we'll try to re uh, it up later. Um, <clears throat> so the website called soulsalt.com wrote a blog all about it, and they have two pieces of good news to start off. It's never too late to start over, and you get to make your own definition of success. So what is success to you? Well, success is something you define and nobody else can do it for you. Is it landing that dream job? Is it finding that perfect home? Is it fulfilling the dream you've had for the longest time? It doesn't really matter what it is. You know what it is. And that's what makes the difference. Um, you can't go along with the, the so-called one-size-fits-all, though many a times you can use other people's uh, motivational speeches, you can use their quotes, you can even use some of their writings to lead you to a path. But remember, to get there, it's up to you. So, let's talk about <coughs> a few famous people that, um, <coughs> excuse me, you might not realize took so long, or maybe not so long to get to where they are. At age 23, Oprah Winfrey had just been fired from her first broadcasting job. At age 30, Jonah Peretti was teaching middle schoolers before founding his billion-dollar companies BuzzFeed and Huffington Post. At age 40, Stan Lee finally achieved success with comics like Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and X-Men. At age 50, Julia Child wrote her first cookbook. At age 62, Colonel Sanders finally became successful with his franchise of KFC. And at age 77, Nelson Mandela, after spending 27 years in jail, became South Africa's first pre or South became South Africa's president. So there is no deadline. And they say, in fact, according to the Forbes Top 100, on average, the people who found the biggest companies don't actually start until age 35. Well, there you go. I'm only a couple of years in. I guess I'm on the right track. Out of 539 founders, the average age of starting the company was 40. Well, hey, there you go. I'm under the level then. I still got a few years to get there. Ha, I'm on my way. Um, many of the world's most successful people that continue don't even start pursuing until 50s or 60s. So you decide, as they call it, when the prime of life is your prime of life. The author here said he always wanted to write a book, and they did at age 40. Um, but the book they published didn't feel like their book. It felt like someone else's. 
and at age 50, they still weren't sure if it was right. Now, they turned 60 recently. This article is a few years old, so a little older. And the book they wrote is finally their book. So what does it mean? Well, they said two questions to look at. How open is your mind and how soft has your heart remained? How open is your mind? Are you willing to understand that failure happens? Are you willing to understand that it takes a while to get there? It took me a while to figure that out. At this point, I get it. And according to them, I'm in that range of where I should be. So cool. How soft has your heart remained? Well, a lot of times, that's kind of a fancy way of saying, are you still in touch with the important morals and feelings you have? Has life gotten to you? It has to everybody. Excuse me. But if you, oh, excuse me. But if you can look at yourself, <laughs> sorry, I was going to do it again. If you can look at yourself and say, hey, I'm still cool. I can still function. And I haven't yet, hopefully never, let life get to me. You're on the right path. What does success mean to you? They keep asking the same question over and over. Well, it's kind of cute. They wrote out in Scrabble letters, live your dream. That really what a success is, right? Your dream is what will make you happy. And really, when you're happy, you kind of feel successful because you did, you achieved. I picture the people on the Southern New Hampshire University commercials that are so overwhelmed with feeling when they get their online degree after finally graduating at ages between, you know, 40 and 60. It's a big deal. Many people maybe couldn't get to school when they were younger. Maybe many people couldn't finish school. or Maybe they just weren't able to do school until now. Stop comparing yourself to other, or stop comparing, as they call it, your blooper reel to everyone's highlights. Look at what you've done. Yeah, it's important to look at what you didn't do or didn't do well. But look at what you've done. Focus on that. There are three things they want you to look at. Picture what it looks like, excuse me, when you're performing at your best, when you embody the characteristics you admire, and when you've accomplished everything. Now, maybe write them down. Put them in a, um, a journal. We talk about journaling a lot. Maybe make a list. Put it on your fridge. But look at those things. When do you perform the best? When do you partake all the characteristics that you want or admire? And when do you, what, what do you feel like when you accomplish all the things you wanted? Now, lastly, I'm going to go over some questions after you've done your writing and all that. They say, do the goals and attributes in your list align with your values? Very important question. Are the things you want to do going against what you think, what you believe, what you feel? It's all good to be successful, but if you do things you're not happy about, probably not the right line. Are these your goals or are they based on someone else or something you've seen? Are the goals you're looking for or success you're looking for actually coming from your brain or there's hair flying everywhere um, or are they goals that you might have picked up off of something you watched, read, or maybe somebody you know personally, a loved one, family member, who knows?
Do some of the things on your list matter more than others? Very important. What are things that you want and need and desire the most? What are the things that make you feel the best? Focus on those, in my opinion. Look at what those are. Everything else will kind of just do its thing, but focus on, let's say, the three things on your list that you really, really, really desire the most. Have you already accomplished some of your list? Great. I feel like I've done a couple of my things. Um, there's a couple more. My list is not super long. My list is just kind of like things that take a little while to do. But if you've accomplished a few things, awesome. And lastly, if not, what are you doing to work towards the things that you haven't accomplished? So check out this um, article. It is great. Written by Lynn Christensen. Um, she is also a TEDx speaker as well. So I can see how this is a really, really good article. All right, you guys. So that is part one. Now let's get a little nerdy, shall we? So recently, we had a new Pokemon Presents. Pokemon Presents is something Nintendo puts on once every once a month, every two months, something like that, to give you the things you've been waiting for. Now, most recently, we got a 14-minute Scarlet and Violet trailer. Uh, thanks to apttrigger.com, a really good geeky uh, website, they broke down what they think are some of the biggest deals here. So let's see. Um, okay, so the first thing we see in the trailer is a glowing jigglypuff off in the distance. We find out that if they do glow in the wild, they'll have a different terror type uh, from their normal type. Now, we did Terra uh, Styling a little while ago where it's a kind of a Gigantamax thing that makes them stronger. But we learn that in this particular case, Jigglypuff actually becomes a water type because of its glowing in the wild. We learn a little bit more about the Let's Go Battle system where you can send out your Pokemon to auto battle. They can grab items, interact with things, and do all that. However, as one meme pointed out, you will probably see shiny Pokemon in the wild as you would in Arceus. Meaning, if you're not careful, your Pokemon may kill the shiny Pokemon you want to catch. So keep that in mind while you're doing that. <laughs> um, on the particular one, we saw that a Litleo was defeated by the trainer's Pokemon, and he got to pick up an item called a Litleo Tuft, like a tuft of hair. Um, we also know that we can go into a larger map um, and see where we're going to go. We find a little more about Team Star, the one who, when you, if you battle the trainers enough, you get to battle Mila, the boss in the giant car. No, the car doesn't battle you. This isn't Christine, guys. But that wasn't that big of a deal, at least for me, because we had seen her before. Now, the one thing I liked was Giraffarig finally gets an evolution. It is, let's see if I can pronounce it, Ferid Giraffe is the Giraffarig evolution. The tail that usually is that little head 
moves up and kind of gives him a space helmet now. Kind of looks pretty cool. Um, and it is a, or, and when it becomes that, it can uh, terror type as a ghost type instead of just being the normal psychic that it usually is. It's also one of the tallest ones at this point as well. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Um, we found out more about Victory Road. It's a traditional path that takes you to eight different gyms on the way to champion. Much like Sword and Shield, you have to complete some sort of puzzling minigame before you face off against the gym leader. So we're going to get that again for here. Um, another thing, you can now take selfies with your Pokemon. Kind of cool, right? Um, you can also have picnics with your Pokemon. Um, you can change the color, you can change the cups and glasses, everything you have there. It's pretty cool. And if you're lucky enough, you can talk with them, you can play with them, and you might get cool little images you can take pictures of as well. So similar to Sword, Sword and Shield, but more interactive between the two. Now, the next article I found in Pokemon News via Pokemon Presents, the largest collection or largest Pokemon collection is expected to sell for $338,000 in American dollars. It's a collection made up of cards, figures, games, and more. And reported by the BBC, the collection will be sold as a single lot at Hanson's Auctioneers in Teddington with a guide price of that 250 to 300 uh, lira, or euros, excuse me. The collection of Pokemon merchandise, which has been verified as the largest according to Guinness World Records, was amassed over 25 years and includes 200,000 individual items. I'm going to put this up here because you're going to want to see all the stuff in here. It's pretty damn cool. Uh, the seller, who remains anonymous, told the auctioneers that from childhood, every penny of pocket money and savings went on Pokemon, and when it came to Christmas, birthdays, Pokemon Presents dominated. It's been willing to be recognized by the Guinness Records, but more than that, my hobby has helped make, a new, make me some new friends. I'm a quiet soul and a bit of an introvert. Pokemon has helped me gain some confidence. Highlights of this include Pokemon trading card games base, Team Rocket and Jungle sets, alongside a Shadowless base set Blastoise, and the Pichu and Squirtle Pokedolls, which are among the first plushies to be released in Japan. Um, but all joking aside, though, Pokemon are consistently the target of thieves who want to cash in a high value. An independent gaming store in Minnesota reportedly had $250,000 worth of merchandise stolen, and the man was arrested in Tokyo for allegedly launching a literal heist in order to steal the cards. Um, he, another man, misused COVID relief money to buy a rare shiny Charizard. He, too, was arrested as well. The person though selling this said, uh, it's a fantastic once in a lifetime opportunity to own the single largest collection. Uh, he said to keep it away from Team Rocket, it is currently being stored in a secure lockup. That's pretty funny right there. All right, finally, this is for you music lovers out there. We like to go through and talk about some of our favorite songs. Now from discogs.com, they wrote down the all-time greatest rock songs between the 60s and the 90s. We're just going to go over a few. One of them we have is 
She's Not There by Santana. Now, I don't remember this one very well. However, I do know the popularity of Santana. And being that he is always on a list of music, it's not too surprising to find him pop up here. I know him more from the 90s when he came back out, collaborated with a few other musicians that I'm fond of as well. But mostly, he is someone that almost everybody knows. How about Billy Idol's Hot in the City? Also a very popular song as well. And again, from an artist that almost everybody knows. Now, where Santana came from Latin roots, Billy Idol, we got from the UK. Now, again, more from the 80s, I would think. Um, uh, British rockers definitely took up probably 95% of 80s and maybe even some 90s uh, music for a while. So the fact that we put him on the list, not that weird. How about Leonard Skinner's Sweet Home Alabama? This is probably one that every Guitar Hero guy hates or lady hates, but it is, it's a popular song. Um, Leonard Skinner, obviously big in the country scene, probably still as well. I mean, I talk as if they're not there anymore. But Sweet Home Alabama is probably their go-to song from everybody. It may not be their favorite song personally, but everyone's got to have that song. What about Man Eater by Hall & Oates? A song that is used in probably every commercial for something. Hall & Oates <laughs> took over the 80s pretty fast and pretty quickly. Maneater is a song that even if I don't know what it is, actually for a while I didn't know what it was, but I knew what it was because I knew the song. Later I actually learned the words or learned the title. I'm like, oh, that's that song. So uh, Hall Notes, yeah, they're on the list too. Um, now let's just end with pretty easy, pretty normal. The Cars from the 80s. Now this was an 80s group from America specifically the East Coast. Um, and again, similar to Billy Idol and Hollow Notes for that matter, they took over the 80s scene very fast. Didn't really make it too much into the 90s per se, but hey, you do what you do, you live your time, and you go down in history forever, right? So those are just a few. If you want to check out the rest on the list, go check out the link there. We had a lot of stuff to go over today, right? So let us know what you thought was great. Uh, we may have a video later. Um, we'll let you know what happens there. But until then, keep on learning. Thanks for joining us. If you weren't able to uh, watch live, subscribe to YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Boom.